private practice playbook. Playbook. It's a private practice playbook. Playbook. All right, welcome to the podcast. So I feel like uh, I've got the little, I don't know, what is this, the Joe Ro- Rogan setup or something today where they're videotaping me and um, or videotaping me. Uh, so uh, we're going to dive in today. Remember, this podcast is designed for doctors that are going through the challenge of successfully navigating life in private practice. This is not for everyone. And, you know, we're, we're talking about, this is sort of my uh, contribution, if you would, to the profession. Obviously, I don't get paid to do this, so I consider this my volunteer work, and uh, so that's always kind of fun and exciting. And 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 as part of that, we've we've um, been inviting some of my actual clients in for discussions. And so I want to make sure before I I introduce today's special guest that you understand the rules of this. Okay. Number one, he is also volunteering his time, and he is being gracious enough, and he is going to share stories, and so it is important that you do not contact him. He is not asking to be your friend because he volunteered on this podcast, and if you track him down, call him, uh, ask him for free advice, then I have a really hard time getting people to do these. So he, he did not volunteer to receive telephone, I don't, and please... Please just help me with this. He did not volunteer to receive phone calls from you. He did not volunteer. He's not volunteering to provide a free support line for you. Please respect the boundaries of this, okay? That's not why he's here. He is here because I I asked some clients, I said, you know, would you be willing to volunteer to tell your story? And he graciously, as a generous person, agreed to do that. So please respect those boundaries. And with that being said, Dr. Michael Carpenter, thanks for being on. Um, you know, Dr. Carpenter and I go a long way back. I'm looking at the notes. Apparently, it was 2008. Does that seem right to you? Yes. Jay, of course, I started as a cheap dentist would with a kit, do-it-yourself phone kit. So you're saying you bought the cheapest thing we offered. Is that what, is that what you're saying? That is correct. So you're a formerly chintzy person. Is that, is that what you're trying to reveal on this podcast? No, no I'm just so, trying. Um, well, let's, let's first, let's, let's talk about you because I want to make sure, you know, you've got four kids. Uh, you've been married now a number of years, right? I've had the opportunity to meet your lovely wife. Um, and so let's just talk a little bit about you know, why you became a dentist, first of all. I think your family was kind of entrepreneurial and, right? You, you, so what, what, what made you become a dentist out of curiosity? Uh, actually, Jay, it was the orthodontic experience that I went through as a kid. My orthodontist uh, seemed like a cool guy and uh, his team was treated me as a patient. I actually look forward to the visits. Hmm. Uh, and then I would see them out in our town where the orthodontic practice was in a small town like go to lunch together and kind of have fun that way i just and, and of course he had a porsche jay so that was another so the another, so the orthodontist another, with a porsche and yeah. a nice attractive support team out to lunch and you decide yeah. maybe i could do this gig yeah and, and what's funny is you know i grew up our family had a manufacturing business and like you mentioned it 
all over the carpenter side of our family is an entrepreneurial gene. Uh, so many of my cousins, first cousins, are have their own businesses as well. And and my dad would always say, because it was a manufacturing business, it's kind of dirty, you know, maybe a little dangerous. Mm. He was like, you're not, you're not going to grow up and do this, even though I enjoyed it when, mm. when I did work there, because I worked there all my summers growing up. Uh, so he, he wanted me to do something. And he also has a straight A student, so he's like, you're not going to waste your brains doing this. And so that was just his perspective. But wow. um, <laughs> So um, I liked my dentist. Uh, as well as the orthodontist. So I thought that seemed like a, a really good path to go down. So how old were you when you kind of opened your first practice, right? And did you go right into practice? Did you do an associateship? What was... So back when independent contractors were hmm. um, not so scrutinized <laughs> by the IRS... Yeah. I was a, it started out as an independent contractor okay. and did that for a year and a half while I bought, while we were going through me purchasing the practice of okay. my dentist that I grew up going to. So oh, I wow. basically returned to my small town. So you bought the, the, that's, that's pretty cool. I guess I didn't, I forgot that. Right. So you literally went to your childhood dentist and ended up buying their practice. That's pretty spectacular. Yeah, so and that happened over a year, less than a year and a half, and then I owned the practice. Then he actually worked for me as an independent contractor part-time for about another year or so. Okay. And so that happens, right? And you're, you're how old, roughly, at this point when you're out on uh, your own? I just turned 26. It's crazy, huh? <laughs> and so... You so walk, walk me. Do you mind just kind of walking me through? Yeah. So, you've been married. You have to be at least married for what twenty plus years 26. now. Twenty six. Twenty six okay. years also. So, I in a matter of a month, I graduated dental school, got married, went on a honeymoon, came back from a honeymoon the following Monday, and started practicing. Welcome. You get to pay the bills, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're officially on the line for all the bills and the payroll, right? <laughs> it was just everything you dreamed of, right? <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of joked right out, right when I came out of dental school, I took a pay cut. So <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting? Okay, so um, four kids. So Sarah's is, is she nineteen now? Is that right? Oh no, Sarah's twenty. Okay, I got some old. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Somebody has in this twenty four, twenty one, eighteen, and fifteen. Okay, that's that makes more sense. Wow. So your youngest is now fifteen and. Getting ready to get behind the wheel, huh? <laughs> he just turned 15, so we got a year. Yeah, a little time. We're going to actually be happy about that because we didn't have to drive around for a while. Yeah. And now the old, all three older kids are off to college and no drivers. Yeah. Left. Pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> okay. So, um, all right. So let's, so you're, you're like a lot of our clients. You got a full life. You got a big family. You got a lot of distractions. You got your Ohio State football. Uh, I, I got the privilege one year of inviting uh, Dr. Carpenter and his wife to New Orleans to see Alabama play uh, Ohio State. And, and in the suite next to us was Eddie George. And my son, who I thought was an Alabama fan, um, 
actually just fully converted over to Ohio State and was so happy to be sitting there with you guys and Eddie George. And it was a long, long ride home that night, you know, but that was, it was fun, right? Yeah, Jay, I was, uh, I, that was still one of the most fun nights I've ever had in my life. Thank you very much You're for welcome. providing that experience. And then my wife and I subsequently met up with some of my Ohio State friends and we were out till about 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, good times, right? <laughs> I just wanted to go home. But, you know, yeah. it's, I just think about some of those experiences, right, are a lot of fun. We've been working together a long time. So, um, you know, if you think about 2008, you, you, you joined, um, you know, here we are, right, you know, 10, 12 years later, whatever it is, um, eight, what would it be? So 2008. It'll be 14 years 14. in November. Okay. Yeah. So talk about the period from opening the practice until we met, and what, what was that all about? How long was that? Do you remember what the challenges were? Because that's, you know, a lot of folks listening to this, right? They're, they're either thinking about getting in practice, they have a practice, they're, you know, I think you become kind of, a, you know, you, you start to isolate, right? I mean, did you find that at all, that you were, it was? It's a great question, Jay. Uh, as I recall, though, I I know the first weekend I was at the end of the first week that I started practicing, I flew out to a CE event. So I immediately started taking CE and proved my proved my skill set. Um, being in a small town, uh, I wanted to be able to provide as many services in the office as possible. So I spent like the next I don't know six years just doing every six eight. 10 years doing every CE course I could um, and uh, put a lot of skills in the office, became a super high producer. Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing, and I became also, Jay, I think what's important, and the audience might find this you know, very helpful, I became a student also of practice management consulting. Mm -hmm. So I had hired, you know, a consultant because I didn't know what I was doing. But like this was in 1998, shortly after I bought the practice. Mm -hmm. I, I think within six months, I'm like, I think I need help, right? Just man, I think managing people. I mean, all the things. Good. Stats, like what stats do I keep? You know, you think about, you know, now it'd be absurd if I wasn't keeping track of new patients, right? But at one time, I had no idea. So that when somebody asked me that question for the first time, I had no clue. Um, Makes sense. Had to, look, had to look back through the paper schedule and hope it was right. And, and so I went, I was working with one consultant and then just didn't like some of it, like some of the concepts like weren't really natural, I didn't feel like. Hmm. And then I moved to another one and then that was a different philosophy. And all this time my staff, and most of those people were all with me through all of these. Yeah. And, and they were like, well, this is different and, and somewhat unnatural or like not even the direction that I wanted to go. So finally, I think I was maybe away from consulting a little bit and I'm pretty certain it was um, Profitable Dentists. There was a, you were on the cover of the Profitable Dentists with a bunch of phones. Woody Oaks Magazine. The Woody Oaks, yes. The Woody Oaks. I was wrapped in phone cords, and then there was like yes. three or four pretty, people behind pretty me. Pretty young ladies around you. That yeah. seems to be a theme for you. You know, <laughs> I'm going to remember that next time I need your attention. 
<laughs> so I think I called, of course, and I had my front desk team, my front desk person. I had one front desk yeah, person. Yeah. And like, you know, so they got like a one or a zero. I don't okay. know. But I was like, okay, I don't know what you call it, a shock and all kit back then or something. Yeah, yeah. So I, I got that. I'm like, all right, this is legit. And, and the funny thing is, Jay, I was actually, the previous consulting had a screening at such a level to not let people in the office um, unless they met certain criteria. And so I, I fast forward, I got the kit. I implemented, I actually got two team members, um, five-star certified okay. within the first month. And then I went to a, a customer or client appreciation event. And that was, and actually, so that made me a gold member. Let me go back a little bit. I started listening to every practice building CD that you had. You had. I went backwards and started listening to all of them. And I'm, the, the point I'm trying to make is all of those made sense. Hmm. Like everything you said made sense. It wasn't going to be something unnatural, like that my team would have to like fake at or something to <laughs> convert patient. You know what I mean? But that's what it felt like with the other consultants. Like some of the, some of the stuff was just weird. Um, and um, you know, just like not natural and, I was like, now this all makes sense. And my team thought so. And basically I didn't, some of the resistance I might've got to some of the other consulting, I did not get with scheduling Institute from the time they started coming in. So I had, I bought that kit, but my first in office training was only like maybe 13 months later. Okay. Um, Carrie, who is still with you, yeah, um, was our very first trainer and, um, it hmm. went, it went fabulously after that. I also joined, um, in that time I came to that appreciation event. I'm like, I think I need a private day. Yeah. You used to make fun of me about, Oh, you think you need a private day. Right. So, but that, I, I remember was, it was the Marriott at the airport. We didn't have our facility built yet. So it was at the Marriott. We were upstairs. You were on, I have a very good memory. You were on the, you were on, there had to be, 40, 50 people in there, and you were at the very front row to the right, like a great student should be, right? I mean, I just remember that. And you brought me a bottle of wine, and yes. uh, so it was very nice. And so you you became a Platinum member, which was our coaching program that I did at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And then, then you, you, you spent $10,000 for a private day. That is correct. And, Jay, the important part about that, I didn't have $10,000. Yeah, totally. Free cash flow to spend. I'm not even sure where I got the ten thousand dollars. I probably put it on a credit card. Um, and, but I knew you would tell me the things that I needed to hear and set me in the right direction. And that meeting uh, was Labor Day, Friday of Labor Day weekend of two thousand nine. And I call that day the first day of the rest of my life. Hmm. Uh, because that set the course for where I'm at today. And I remember like, I wrote down like 39 like action items from that day that, that as we went through the day, you're like, okay, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. I think I got through like 36 of them in one month. 
That's crazy. Like, I, was, I was on fire, right? And, and then, yeah. I, and then I went into coaching, you're right, by, uh, I joined Platinum. And then six months later, you introduced 5X. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you've been in 5X since the beginning. Yes. Yeah. So let's go back to that private day. So that, that day, right, is where I basically mapped out on a board how to make your entire financial situation work, right? Isn't that interesting? Oh, I was at an absolute low point. I mean, I did not want to go into work on Mondays. I was like stressed on Sunday nights. And what's so funny, I told that to my team sometime later. And some of my most like longtime teamers, like I, we felt the same way. Like we didn't really enjoy it, you know, like, and we all liked each other, but yeah. just, there was, there was just so much pressure to get the patients in. And then there was pressure to, I did a lot of cosmetic stuff. So like, it was a lot of big treatment plans and, and it was, I had kind of niched myself into this big case cosmetic type practice. And we needed to get back out of that. And it took me a while to unwind that. <laughs> well, and that was probably a little bit um, post, right? I mean, you, if you think about that, you had all the big cases and then the financing dried up because that was the, you know, really the biggest economic downturn in, in a long time. So really, we were also navigating through that process, right? When a lot of people were hurting, which is interesting. So you pick yes, a good time to be engaged, right? Exactly. So I thought, well, this is this is the perfect opportunity to gain to pick up and then gain market share. And while everybody else is trying to contract, I'm going to go out and invest in myself and in my business and get a kind of a head start because you know a lot of times businesses wait till things are really safe before they start to ramp up again, and that could have been 2012 or 13 yeah. or 14 even, and I had already. Uh, been well on my way, being super, super intentional and active, even through the, you know, the worst parts of the recession. So, so let's listen that, that, so you, you, you would, you, so that 10 was the most you ever paid for anything, right? I'm assuming like that or close. Oh, for a single day of anything for sure. Okay. Yeah. So you are trying to say that that there was a great deal, right? Or you, you are trying to make that point. Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, I can't even put in the words of the value of that. Uh, well, well, I guess they say what uh, is a MasterCard commercial priceless. That day was priceless. And we've spent 14 years continuing that work. And one of the things I want to you know compliment Dr. Carpenter, he's a He's really good at getting things done. And so, you know, I think part of that was me helping to set the priorities and to build the framework around making it easy, right? I mean, one of the things that I think, right, you uh, having a little bit of a quick start personality, right? You, 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 you've really done a nice job of channeling your energy into uh, some process. And, and uh, so, you know, it's not it's a two way street. I mean, you know, it's a, you, you, that doesn't, you're a very coachable person. And I, I want to, I want to say, I'm sure all, all the years you've, you've been a client and you've seen people come and go, you know, this coachability is a really important characteristic. And so where, where did you get that? You think like what, what makes you, what makes you be a kind of person who can, is coachable. I'd be curious what your thoughts are on that. Well, I think that even goes back to, 
why I, right out of dental school, I was seeking yeah. knowledge and procedures past what I learned at dental school because I knew that's not going to solve people's, my patients' problems, right? So I was seeking knowledge. One of my early mentors introduced me to the saying, you don't know what you don't know. And I just always have held on to that. And, you know, it always comes around that saying. But I'm like, I'm actively seeking coaching. So, because I, you don't know what you don't know, right? So like, it's like, how can I, now, I guess the other thing is, Jay, I have a such a growth mindset. I know I can't continue to grow unless I grow. So I'm seeking coaching to grow. I have to stay ahead of all my team because I'm the guy that drives the growth. And, you know, the law of the lid is, hmm. you know, I'm, I'm the, you know, owner of the, yeah. all the practices and everything. And, they're stuck where I'm stuck. So yep. we can't grow past my ability. Well, here's an interesting stat. 27% growth every year for 10 years, right? On average, pre-COVID. Yeah. From, so the time, from the time of our private day yeah. to just before COVID. And I will say we still had our most profitable year ever uh, in 2020. Right. But that's pretty, that's impressive. And, you know, and so that, you know, for everybody listening, you know, a lot of people, they come and seek help for a problem. And then once they think that problem is solved, they disappear. What you're describing is you're describing the, the, the correct mindset, which is that you are the bottleneck and if you don't keep challenging yourself, there's no, no way they can do this. So I, I think this is an important thing about people who are looking for coaching. And, you know, I think educationally, I find a lot of people are very, you know, they think once you become successful, why would you have a coach? What, what I can tell you is the most successful people have coaches. And so I think that's pretty, pretty fantastic. Let's you know, I don't want to share all your numbers, but let me let me give folks a little bit of an idea. You know, in 2010, you had 346 new patients a year. And in 2021, you had 2,500 new patients. So your practice has essentially gone in 11 years, 10 times larger, right? So... And Jay, if you go back to 2008 and nine, that was probably like 120 new patients. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, because you would have a been. Year. Yeah, <laughs> right. So let's talk about this. Let's think about we're talking to a small doctor. And so when we throw around numbers like, you know, uh, collections north of $7 million and, you know, you, you know, you, you, you started that, you know, I'm looking at your 2010, you know, numbers, which means that if you go back, you know, you, you, you were kind of probably well under a million when you hired us. And now you got through that million dollar mark, you got, took it through seven more million. I mean, that's, that's pretty fantastic, right? So for everybody listening, you know, when you want to think about that kind of growth, I mean, I'm looking at a, 
you know, just north of 700 to over 7 million. So, you know, that's 10 times. So when you got, if everybody thinks back about the last 10 years, and that's what that growth looks like. And you have to think about what happened in your practice. And, you know, a lot of people come to me, um, Mike, and they, you know, they're sitting at this like 900 number, 1.2. And, you know, it's like they hover around that number for ages and ages. Tell me what you think about how that, you know, I used to call it the plateau, right? Plateaued practice. Um, as a guy who's, you know, obviously a student of growth, I mean, how often do you run into somebody and you can just tell they're plateaued and, and they just aren't? What do you think about that thinking, you know? Interested in joining Jay for a semi-private practice growth planning day? Attend a Discovery Day in Atlanta and find out how you can take your practice to the next level. The Discovery Day was modeled after Jay's private day, but is designed for a small group of like-minded private practitioners to come, Learn, see, and experience all that Scheduling Institute has to offer. You'll tour Jay's two-story training facility, which is utilized by over 3,100 doctors and team members every year. You'll dive into money-making tactics that will rapidly decrease the amount of time it'll take you to pay off debts, accumulate wealth, grow your practice by five times, and you'll have the opportunity to join Jay's network of growth-minded doctors. To inquire about this complimentary day with Jay, call 770-518-7575. And I think it's helpful to think about just that one practice, Jay, because, yeah, we're going to be just short of $8 million this year um, at the main practice and a total of around $12 million for if you combine all four of them. So um, it's, it's pretty incredible. But I think it, it just shows what's, I guess, in my example, it just shows what's possible. And I think people need to understand, too, this can be done anywhere. And I think mm -hmm. people allow their what they perceive as their environment mm. as a limiting belief mm. so that was one thing jay you helped me with is um self-limiting beliefs yeah. and and getting rid of those self-limiting beliefs because i'm in a town of 8500 people i'm rural there's only 32,000 people in our county how can you have a single dental practice that does eight million dollars um and we're gonna we're opening up capacity to do more so yeah. i think it's and that's like another important concept. Like just because I'm here, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm done. Sure. So, no, I, and, and one, one thing that's been really, I guess, neat with our relationship is we've been growing right along with you. Yeah. So you're always trying to stay ahead of your clients, um, deal with harder things, deal with bigger numbers, deal with, and then what those you pass those lessons along to us and that and so you're like this is a rural world like you're you also are a super growth minded person trying to grow your own business and what's interesting you know we've the all of us longtime clients especially have seen all your customer service snafus all the ways you've been trying to get better all the like we've seen we've got to witness because we're just been a part of the sure of just your own growth struggles that then you pass that advice down to us so we can maybe shortcut it a little bit. <laughs> no, it's a, it. and I appreciate that relationship, right? Because that's what keeps it authentic. You know, the minute you start acting like everything's perfect and everything is, there are no problems, then, then, you know, then authenticity flies right out the window. Right. I mean, 
Uh, yeah, your business has gotten better over the years because you have listened to the concerns of your clients. Yeah, it's um, a never-ending challenge for all of us, right? Yeah, and, and believe us, and your clients have such high expectations as well. So, you know, for you to meet those over and over to to keep people like me around for 14 years is, is, yeah. is, is a pretty incredible. And I think that that's... Um, well, so... Let's talk a little bit about, so you, you pay for this private day. You're not really sure. You, you post up the money. You're a little nervous about it. I lay out a plan for you. You've been working on that plan for almost 14 years. Um, you know, there's a couple of things that I, I really want to talk about. Obviously, you have this kind of personality. And by the way, we're, we're doing a study right now, and I'm having a clinical psychologist create a test where I can test people to see if they'll be good candidates for our program. So it's going to be kind of fascinating. And actually be able to run them through a, a, a clinically-based test to check on their, you know, to kind of give them an indicator, like, you know, you're, you're, you're a basket case, never mind, you know, kind of, that kind of thing. Also to help protect us at entry, so I'm toying around, which will be kind of interesting after all these years to have that. But I want to walk you through, I mean, I noticed in a couple of things, you know, and, you know, I know that you, you have brought, you brought your wife, you know, I, over the years I've extended an invitation for various events, uh, financial freedom event, which I've got one coming up soon here. Uh, talk to me about that. Talk to me about that process of involving her and what that's ended up meaning for you and, and, and how that has either helped your relationship, created trust, and then uh, so her involvement, and then also something that I know you have participated in, which I offer to people, which is this exploration of generosity, right? And I think that's something that I've certainly seen you grow as a person and, you know, with your kids. And, 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 and so with success comes the opportunity to be generous. So talk a little about her involvement and talk about how you're, how, yes, you have prospered in the right the worldly ways but what what is all what is that introduced to in terms of your ability to be impactful to people right so upon reflection jay now that now that you mentioned that so she came with me to the private day for example i mm, think that's right that was probably one of the most key things for my history because my wife We've been fortunate. We've made the decision. She stays at she stayed at home yeah. with our kids, um, and so she's you know, she's a teacher by trade. She has a master's plus thirty, so which she ended up you know using for one full year while she was pregnant with yeah. our first daughter. And um, she bagged a rich doctor. Why does she have to be bothered yeah, right, with yeah. work, dude? Exactly. Had to finally grow you into that position, you know? <laughs> yeah. So so I think her being there from the start meeting you, you know, list, you know, it probably gave her hope, right? Because she probably noticed I was, you know, maybe a little stressed out. So, um, and she wouldn't want that for me. And then we're about, you know, we have little kids and even had more kids after that. Yeah. We were, around that time we had a baby. So, um, and so it's getting her on board. And then I think you, you talk about the financial freedom or wealth summits that you put on. I think mm -hmm. it's super important to bring a spouse to those also to see, you know, because because you work on your life together mm -hmm. and it helps the spouse see 
the importance of the golden goose and all that energy that goes in to that one thing, which is your business, which drives your income, it drives your net worth and how important that is and how it is going to affect your financial future. Mm. You know, they can't help but buy in. And I've had, you know, some of your clients that may have come and gone over the years, it's because they had so much resistance from their wife because they, you know, didn't like the, any kind of expenses going to something like scheduling institute. And because maybe that cut into their own personal lifestyle or something. So I had full support of my wife through this whole process and trust. And she just let me run the business. She took care of things at home. And it, and it you know, obviously it's, it's worked out very well. And, and now we get to do a ton of fun things together. Uh, for many years now, I've had a lot more time um, to spend with her and the family. So as a result of getting the coaching and growing the business and, and having it rely less on me. Yeah. So the, the other thing about generosity, that was one of the things that kept me a client and kept me attracted to just you and scheduling institute, James, you, I could tell right off the bat, you were a very generous person. And then you pushed, like you push us doctors too, to, to be generous if we're not. And then um, I've done an exercise since you've, you know, since that's been ingrained in my head where I give more each year mm -hmm. before my income goes up. Yeah. And then magically, guess what? My income goes yeah. up. So it's a very, it, there's a lot of faith in that and yeah. trust, but you've got to release the money before more can come in. And that's and great. one of the best times my wife and I ever had was a weekend at um, at Generous Givers Conference, which you gave us a scholarship <laughs> to that to attend. It was in Atlanta, and it was it was so much fun to be around people that were way more generous than mm -hmm. my wife and yeah. I were even at a super high level. I mean, yeah. I got to sit, we got to sit a whole day with. Um, Bubba Kathy and his family from Chick-fil-A and got to know them. Hmm. Um, just met a bunch of super nice people and we we're all giving. It was like uh, one of the most amazing um, weekends that we ever got to spend. That was a, you know, it's funny. I, you know, I always thought, you know, it was one of my, one of my forms of generosity was just to buy a ticket for people to that. And um, when I look at the, the amount of fruit that gets created for that, it's pretty spectacular. So it's kind of fun. So I love seeing the, the byproduct of that, right? So the, the I think I give away, I mean, I give away way more now in a year than what I made the year yeah. that I got the private day. <laughs> so. Isn't that crazy? That's called progress, right? But, and I love, and listen, I think that's a very important part for everyone listening, you know, and I, I appreciate your willingness to share some of that, but I mean, and you, and you described it so well, imagine a spouse saying to you, don't invest in your practice, don't invest in your practice, don't invest in your people and thinking that their advice is good, you know, I mean, and you see that all the time and, and just that limited, uh, you know, that, that, treating money and you know these are the same people who say they're you know they they try to act like they're not all about the money you know and i always laugh because it's like you're you're nothing but about the money you know but they just never see it that way right it's so so different right when you see that other side which is that 
you know, you're, you're going to spend what time you're going to spend on this earth, and that money is supposed to be doing amazing things. So, you know, I think the, the piece of this, what, how about your kids? How do you, how, are you getting to the age where you're beginning to see, uh, you know, and, and I don't know, one of the things I learned at that event was, you know, generosity starts at home, and I found that to be very, uh, and, and generosity with your team. You know, for everyone listening, you know, when we, when we talk about generosity, you know, we're talking about, again, it does start at home. You know, you don't go be generous in a third world country and then not be generous in your home. And so uh, being generous at home, being generous to your team, being generous to your patients, right? These are really amazing audiences to, to not only love them, but to be generous with them. So tell me what you're seeing in your kids. Do they, get, do they pick up on some of that with you? Or is it too oh, early? It, certainly, uh, because... You know, from a young age, Jay, they were involved in anything we did in the community, whether it be a, the fair parade, or they've helped they've helped with dentistry from the heart. Awesome. So, because three of my, so far, three of my kids have worked for me, actually, in the practices. Good. Um, and, you know, they, so they, they, there is nothing they're not seeing. Um, and they understand that, you know, their families' lives uh, revolve around the family business. <laughs> so, uh, and, and of course, sponsoring all kinds of things and being in, uh, involved in the community. So they, they know, um, and the same thing at church and, and the volunteerism that we do. And that, you know, I'm sure at the time they're like, you forced us to volunteer, but there's something to that, right? Yeah. So, but I modeled it as well. I just didn't tell them to go volunteer. Like I was the one volunteering. Yeah. You're just coming along. So, um, yeah. So they they've they've seen that. Uh, well, for listen, sure. you know, and I I will tell you, and and it's a compliment to you. You know, we've had a long relationship, and I you know, I I think that you know when when somebody can take that and you know so many people create a conflict between their work. And their home, and you know, I think you've done a really good job of, of, and you've articulated it certainly today. And to say, you know, what, why have a conflict, right? I mean, you know, because when, when you look at the, the, you know, hard work, and you know, it's funny, hard work. You know, you talked about things not making sense, right? Things that make sense are hard work, <laughs> generosity, right? I mean, it's funny if you stick to the tried and true principles and don't start trying to make up things every day, these things work pretty well, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And, and they know they also like, they know that I created something that I love to do. Yeah. And I love to go to work and I love to develop people. And actually the day I see patients, I, I love that too. And it's just, you know, I just get a nice, a nice variety. So, so um, is anyone going to dental school? I failed to check that box so far, Jay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Thomas is going to be the one. He's the he's a freshman in high school. It's early, man. You're early. I wouldn't be. Don't. <clears throat> but the top, the oldest three, one's about to graduate from college. The other two are in college. Yeah, right. So you don't. Yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see. Zero what they, Yeah, what they say, right? It's okay. I, I told them I'd support them in whatever business, whatever business they're interested in, and because I think at least a couple of my kids also have the entrepreneurial gene. So yeah, I might have to be That's providing awesome. my own coaching, finance, and advice in those areas in the future. 
Okay, so you you've talked a lot about um, money, and so you, I mean, and, and for everybody listening, you know, I, 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 I find it so interesting. And you talk about pursuing CE, and and I think that's a path for a lot of young doctors. They think CE is the path, but it's interesting that when you look at financial education. Financial education is not a big category of CE. So, you know, I, I would just remind everybody that it, technically if you go get CE, you're limiting the knowledge you're getting to certain areas, and it's not some of the knowledge that you need. So you got to have some diversity in that offering, right? So what, there is a, one major problem with doing a lot of CE, especially really fast. And that's, you're, they're going to sell you a bunch of other stuff. Yes. Equipment, like it takes equipment to do some of these things and it's not cheap. I'm telling you, you can literally in dentistry, um, you can bankrupt yourself buying equipment. Like the payments, like, oh my God, it just all of a sudden adds up and wait, wait, I owe how much for what? Uh, 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 right. And then because you're seeing patients all the time, you don't really have a chance to implement supposedly that profitable procedure that you went and took the CE for because you don't take the time to train your team mm. on how to get the patient to help yeah. you say yes and, and the financing and it, of, of the patient. And like, so you don't get all the pieces in. So you do one every once in a while. Meanwhile, you've got this equipment that's either being used or barely or is sitting in a corner picking up dust. So I've bought, oh my God, I've wasted so much money on on things in the dental office that I thought would be cool and for procedures that I thought I would do a lot of that I did not. And so, right, so that the time you're taking all this dental education, you're doing lots of financially stupid things. Hmm. I had one the other day. Part of the reason, Jay, just think about this. When I said I had to, I don't know how I scraped around, I guess I just put it on the credit card, the $10,000 of private day. Like I should have been able to write a, I should have been able to write a check for that at point, that point in my career. Well, I even think it. It's called financing, called creative financing, right? I mean, there's been many moments in my life where I had to make a decision like that. I didn't have the money, but I was like, I'm doing it, you know? And then, then they said you can make payments and I was so happy, right? It was like, oh, thank you, you know? <laughs> I mean, I probably let you split it up into two payments or something, you know, something to make. I didn't. I was just like, just no, you okay? Rip off the band aid. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, so why do you think? Uh, I mean, is it as you know? I, I, I'll tell you. I had a client. Uh, I did an event last week, and at the end of the event, I sat down with the client. One of my team said, "You know, you talked to him, and, and he had done exactly what you just described. He, he described opening up a practice." and acquiring two very expensive pieces of equipment that he had to have. And, you know, he's having a hard time getting that thing rolling because it's like, you know, his overhead is too high. And, um, you know, I don't want to breach any confidentiality, but, you know, having to go work for somebody else in order to pay the bills, right? So I do think that is a, is a big deal that it, it – so what, what is the – you know, listen, I, I, I say it a lot, and I don't, I don't want to be the one who always says it. So um, what, what is that? So what, what is it that causes a person to think that if they buy this piece of equipment that somehow that's going to make the practice boom, right? I mean, isn't that interesting? And that goes uh, on a lot, right? Yeah, I think it's – well, Jay, it might be just some really, really good salespeople. 
uh, for one, you know, making people like super excited about something, but what you're really... excited about, what you're yeah. excited about, not the patient, right? Patient centricity. Right. This brings up the point of patient centricity, right? Like yeah. when you think back to that, what it was the only thing that mattered is what you were excited about. And that's, what's so interesting, right? And about Dennis, like it's what they're excited I totally, about. I totally made the switch to, and I would tell people, salespeople this and dental, whether it's dental procedures or whatever I said, unless it is a great positive for the patient, I'm not buying it. So if it helps treat patients better, more comfortably, faster, all the things that patients would want, then mm. I'm going to do it. Otherwise it's just a stupid toy. So if you put a bunch of dentists in a room, right. And you say, well, what, right. This is what happens, right. They start saying, the most important thing is how good we do this procedure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the credentials on the wall and the CE and the patient, no patient has ever walked into your office and said, I mean, I'm curious. So has anyone ever even just asked to see your valid license? Has anyone said, can I see your no. license that proves you're a dentist <laughs> that is about to do a procedure on me? They have not, nor do they look it up. I mean, it, I mean, a lot of them, Jay, like the fact that I did go to Ohio State, so because our area. Yeah, right? that's key, right? Right, but they don't. They don't ask for proof. <laughs> so, well, uh, they don't. It, they don't think that I slept in a Holiday Inn Express last night. Yeah. Well, and listen for everyone listening, and I. I don't. I think what happens is to. Um, I think ego gets in the way and, and I really want to, you know, I, I want to, I want to make sure that you guys understand that part of what Dr. Carpenter is saying is that when he says he wanted to know how to do it, that requires putting your ego aside, you know, and I think that's humility. You know, there's a level of humility in saying, I want to be coached. And I'm always kind of shocked at how many people need it but yet can they humble themselves, right? I mean, I think it's like that, what's that first step in AA, right? It's to admit you're an alcoholic, right? I mean, I'm sure anyone who has an alcoholic in their family can get that, right? I mean, I, I was thinking about that, like that's step number one, right? So when, when if, if, if step number one is never acknowledged, you know, you can, that alcoholic is going to continue to have a problem. If, if you're a doctor trying to build a great practice and you want it to be about the patient, I mean, I think that, I think what, what you're describing is acknowledging, hey, I, I need help and guidance, and then trusting that process. And so, and then you're saying some of it wasn't natural, right? So, I mean, that's an interesting thing. And I always tell everybody, that's why we do this podcast. Like, I don't, if somebody, if, I mean, do you think I'm over, like, help people understand. We've spent days, like, you, you've been to my events for 14 straight years, right? You listen to the CDs and the DVDs. Is what, I mean, I'm curious, is, like, how do you describe the way I share information to someone else, right? Is, is it, I mean, help these people out. Like, is this real or am I, you know, like, right? I'm doing this podcast trying to help them. I'm saying things the way I say it. Is it is it different in real life, or is it? I mean, how do you see that? Like, no, everything is if applied is helpful, and you know sometimes you have to 
you know, extrapolate the lesson and to implement it into your office to see how it applies, whether it be one of the speakers at one of your events mm -hmm. that comes from your business or something like that. But certainly, um, you know, I, I listen to this stuff over and over again. Sometimes I'll listen to practice sure. building CDs or Friday focus more than once because sure. I can, I can get more out of it each time I listen to it. And I know I can't implement everything that you, all your ideas all at once. Right. right. <laughs> and the, you know, that's why it is a process. So somehow all this growth has happened, not even following a hundred percent of your, but like, I sure. can't, you can't follow hundred percent of your advice. There's not enough time in the day. Right. So it has to be done over a period of time, prioritize it. And then actually it's funny, Jay, I could probably watch one of your videos from 2010 and go, Oh, I still haven't done that. Right. Like I wrote that down. I had written that down at one time. I still haven't even gotten to that. Well, that would be another income stream or another revenue generator or whatever it is. So, um, I don't think, you know, and, and like, I've been around all this time doing the same thing. So I go back to the well, like, yeah, yeah. Some people might be wondering like, why, how, why would you stay? How can you keep growing when you've been with the same person for 14 years? And that's because you're always growing out ahead of us. Yeah. So like, and I can tell you, Jay, that one of the unique things about you and scheduling Institute is creativity. Hmm. So like, there is like very little to no creativity anywhere else like it stimulates it totally stimulates my brain yeah um that's awesome <laughs> i appreciate that but you know oh, i think I, for everybody listening you know the, the process that he's describing i mean you know they say that you know i, I read these uh surveys you know and they survey doctors and they talk about you know, where do you get, and, and, you know, it's funny, even the term practice management now has sort of disappeared, right? So it's like, and they, and, and they, they will say, well, I ask my friends for free. That's why you guys all got that very polite warning at the end that this is not a permission to, 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 to call Dr. Carpenter and ask him to give the advice he paid for to you for free, remember? Like, that's not how this works, right? What, what do you think about that? What do you think about that thing about paying for something and what it did for you? You know, you were just talking about that. And by the way, you, you guys can't buy a day for 10000 So don't call my office and ask that either. That price has gone up dramatically. But, but what, what for you, right? You said, and then you talked about charity and releasing the money. So, you know, isn't that, isn't that such a powerful thing, the idea of paying for something and then going and getting a return? Like, do you think like, like, I think you think like that, right? You're like, I got to make this thing work. Yeah. So it, when you pay for something that shows your commitment to it, actually. So if you're getting free advice, it's, you're not committing to anything and you're probably not going to do anything. So when you, when you got skin in the game, so to speak, you're going to go and try If you're smart, you're going to go, and try to leverage that and get the highest return you can. And that's why, like, 
Jay, the same thing can happen with the piece of dental equipment that you don't use that you think you're going to get right. a return investment on. In coaching, if you come in there with your arms folded and just if you're skeptical, that isn't being coachable and you're you're limiting your brain, like you're not opening up your mind to the possibilities. And why would all the other people that have done this and been successful, how can they, how would you not be the same how could those things not apply to you? Yeah. Why couldn't you do the same thing that I, I did? You know, I mean, there's, you know, clients way beyond me that you have that I learned from. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, that's also inspirational to seeing, uh, seeing the people that I've been around also with for a long time and what they've accomplished. So what, you know, thinking about somebody who's listening to this, you know, and, you know, obviously I could, if somebody came in and um, came to an event, uh, did a blueprint day with us, did a discovery day with us, and they said, hey, you know, I'm collecting this amount, I want to go to this, you know, I could get your file out and I could say, listen, here, here it is, right? Here's what you need to do the next 10 years. And why do they have to? Why do why do they have to make that so complicated? Does that make sense? Like literally, I could say, well, listen, I, I I don't have your lifetime spend with me here, but I'll guarantee you've spent well over a million dollars with us since you became a client, right? And yep. so, you know, and and you invested in your team. I mean, you brought your team to events. You 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 invested in yourself. And you get an incredible return on that. So, you know, I, I, I think for everybody listening, and we've, we've said this a lot of ways, and, and there's something in your brain. And, you know, I love when you went back and talked about it, that that, that $2,000 kit at the time, right, seemed like a big deal. But you got a return on that, and then you invest, and you get a return on that. And that's the sequence that has to start for people, right? So when, when you refer people to SI, what like – what do you tell them to start with? What do, what do you say if somebody said, well, what should I do? What do you have a. That is a great question because it is super important. Um, so if somebody like me, Jay, who might get that quick start profile, mm -hmm. they're like, let's go do five at tech. I'm all in. I want a five time of practice mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. And, mm -hmm. and the truth is they need to work on themselves first. Mm -hmm. So I always recommend platinum coaching mm -hmm. to most everybody yeah. I would talk to, to refer, because unless you have to get you right first as the leader, before yeah. you can even think about expecting a lot out of your team. It's interesting. So that, that's what, yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, what I and I, I'm a big believer in that working your way up. Right. And it's so crazy. You know, you got to learn to spend and, and, and know you got a great return. And I find a lot of doctors don't know how to track returns very well. You know, it's amazing. I was with a group on Friday, you know, and we're running simple math. And, you know, somebody comes in and goes, I got 32 more new patients last month. Well, if you take 32 times 12 times 10 years, it's a $6 million swing, you know, but they don't see that. Like you literally just put $6 million in the bank, you know, guaranteed, but they can't calculate that, that, you know, that return. Yeah. They're just, they calculate inconvenience, right? Do you think dentists are lazy? Like, do you think some of them are just lazy? Um, I think there's a lot of dentists that are comfortable because 
in dentistry, honestly, you know, you can make a very good living, probably beyond what a lot of dentists think when they go into dentistry in the first place. And you're not, you're not, you know, you don't work weekends and most of us work four days, you know, a week maybe. Um, and it's, it's like, and it's very, it's non risky. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, so they get comfortable. So the ones that I see that don't do anything, like people I've tried to refer, yeah. they don't do anything because they're just comfortable and they don't, they yeah. literally like, they don't want the extra work. Yeah. I got <laughs> so you. I think, I think that's a real challenge. Um, and so I think the, the thing to do is to find those people interested in growth and it may be at a certain time in their life, maybe they're ready. So, yeah. you know, let's say once the little kids are grown up a little bit now, okay, now I can focus on my business or something. So I think maybe in a dentist life cycle, there's going to be times they're more open to being willing to take on the, the tough stuff that you have to do to grow. Yeah. It's interesting. All right. Well, listen, I, this has been super helpful and uh, I appreciate you, you know, taking an hour and sharing your wisdom and your insights. It's, I think, uh, you know, for people to, uh, have that perspective is, is, is pretty fantastic. So, Hey, listen, thank you so much. Appreciate you as always. All right. Thanks. Jay. All right. It was a pleasure. You. Yep. Take care. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Dr. Carpenter said it best when he described his private day with Jay as the first day of the rest of his life. If you want to reignite your passion for growth and want to investigate what's possible for you and your practice, join Jay for a semi-private day in Atlanta. For additional details about Discovery Day, call 770-518-7575. We'll see you back here next month for an all new episode. In the meantime, get caught up on any you may have missed.